You're about to hear opinions that you may like. Then again, you might hear some that offend you. We don't apologize for that. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. A lot of cliches are being thrown around right now. Eh, hindsight's 2020. Hey, we had to learn some things to protect public health. But when it comes to revaluating all of those lockdowns, those mandates, those shutdowns, those restrictions, for a little while, this became something that was ideologically driven and an ideological conflict and maybe even partisan. But the more we look back, the clearer that picture becomes, I think the less that it is partisan or ideological. What did we learn and what can we never do again? I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for spending part of your weekend with us here on American Viewpoints. And every once in a while, you get a guest where you just don't need to list the credentials because everybody knows who she is. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Naomi Wolf, thank you so much. Um, interesting uh, book that you've got out here. This really caught my eye. It's called The Bodies of Others, The New Authoritarians, COVID-19, and the War Against the Human. A lot of very powerful words there. I want to get into that in just a moment, but thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you so much for having me. I want to refer back recently, you were on Tucker Carlson's program to talk about your book and talk about what you found. Very powerful words, like I was saying, you're referring to fascism and authoritarianism. And a lot of people are saying, listen, we didn't know what we were dealing with. We had to do whatever we had to do in order to protect public health. When you mm. use words like fascistic tyranny, what do you mean by that? And why choose that label for, for the way that this was approached across the country? Sure. Great questions. Um, well, first, I don't see this as conservative versus liberal at all. It happens that in our country, the United States, it was a you know, left-wing administration for whom I'm embarrassed to say I voted that rolled out the most tyrannical part of this tyrannical power grab. But if you look all over the world, this is happening at a meta-national level. It is a global script. Um, we've identified some of the bad actors behind the global script, but you see the same policies, the same sound bites, the same um, manipulations and propagandas in in Canada, uh, which is run by a liberal WF puppet, basically, Justin Trudeau. You see the same in Britain that's run by a conservative, Boris Johnson. You see the same in Australia that was till recently run by a conservative party, uh, Scott Morrison's. Um, and, and you see them in China, which is run by communists. So this we have to kind of get snap out of the kind of hypnosis of left versus right and realize that this is a global war against humanity and it's a global war against the nation state, but particularly for us in the United States, these people want to kill off our Western culture and our American culture, and they're especially targeting our children. Um, so why do I use words like tyranny? Well, just, uh, it's not rhetoric. It's just literally true here in America. Um, I'm, I'm, I live in New York State. It's been under emergency law, you know, renewed every 30 days since the start of the pandemic. Um, in emergency law, anything can be done to you and, and was. Emergency law is what justified uh, the, the, the shutting of businesses, the closing of houses of worship. Um, and so as long as we're under emergency 
emergency law, tomorrow you can see, you know, the World Economic Forum's mercenaries at the end of your driveway, or you could see other mercenaries, you know, coming in over the border from Canada, or you could see, you know, the the force, you know, people being forced to stay in their homes, as in China. Emergency law takes away all the checks and balances of civil law. The book is called The Bodies of Others, The New Authoritarians, COVID-19, and the War Against the human. Dr. Wolf, let me follow up on the culture aspect. One of the things I noticed that, uh, you know, was different and people started reacting and getting, I think, really taking note of what was happening around the world is when countries who resemble us in Western civilization, Western culture, started adopting these tactics of China, of old Eastern Europe. And all of a sudden, cultures that we always identified with suddenly were very authoritarian. Right. I mean, I, I think it's you're, you're right to notice that it you know Australia is supposed to be a democracy, Britain is supposed to be a democracy, uh, Canada right nice those nice Canadians over the border they they cannot enter or leave their country if they're not vaccinated. Unvaccinated people can't um, can't can't get on public transportation right. These are this is beyond authoritarian and even in our own country I hear horror stories uh, every day. Um, that, you know, kids in college are, if they test positive with a faulty PCR test, and I've got a chapter in the bodies of others on having gone to a PCR lab and being shown how those tests don't make any sense at all. Um, you know, this, this poor kid in college was locked in a quarantine facility in an American university, not allowed to see anyone for 10 days. This is a psychological torture that we're absolutely normalizing. And Yes, it's happening in, in lockstep because, look, you know, the democratic nation state is annoying to people who want to hold all the power. And there's really only been a Western democratic nation state, you know, with with the idea of universal citizenship since about 1848 in Western Europe. And our own universal citizenship, you know, isn't that long ago. I mean, women got the vote in 1920. Um, African-Americans only became citizens in 1865. So, these ideas are not that old and they've never been helpful to people who want all the power. And so this is, this is the the global elite saying, okay, we've had enough of the nation state where we've had enough of democracies. We're going to make them democracies in name only. Let me, in the last couple of minutes, we've got get right to the point of, okay, where do we go from here? We want to preserve our democratic process. We want to preserve our individual freedom. What is it that we can do, at least here in the United States, to push back and say, no, never again, because the argument is still, but this is to protect your health. We had to exercise this authority. I mean, it, you know, it's the data are in that that's nonsense. And I, I walk readers and the bodies of others through example after example of how that's nonsense. Um, never before has an infectious disease been dealt with by keeping healthy human beings apart from other healthy human beings. Never before in a free Western nation has assembly been restricted. You know, that happens in places like North Korea or in the West in the Warsaw ghetto, right? Um, so the data are in uncontestably that locked in states and nations did no better in terms of this medical crisis than states that were fully open like Florida or largely open like Sweden. The data are in that masks make almost no difference except what they do do is strip our poor children of 21 IQ points because of the uh, restricted social interaction. Um, and that's the difference between normal and a genius or normal and like learning impaired, right? In either direction. Um, 
I do a whole, like, we can't even verify how extensive this pandemic has been or if it's been extensive at all. And I know that sounds radical. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm saying it's unverifiable. And I have a chapter called the unverifiable pandemic because those platforms that everyone was referencing, all the media, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, you know, the Johns Hopkins COVID map, the COVID-19 tracking COVID map, those don't have the, the data sets linked. And, and I'm a tech CEO and we build dashboards out, out of government databases that, you know, that's the same product. And literally, you can do anything with a database if the raw data sets aren't linked. You can count anything and there's no way to check it. So none of those dashboards are verified to be based on state level government health data, which is the only data set that matters. And if you look at how they count, they do all kinds of funny things. Like to this day, probably, but certainly as the time I was writing the Johns Hopkins dashboard, which everyone cites, as I mentioned, they count the total cumulative of everyone who got infected ever for two years as if it's happening today. And they show that number. Um, and if you don't read the fine print, you think that's how many people are infected today. Um, they do other sneaky things like um, <laughs> they stop counting during a holiday. Uh, which is absurd because it's not human beings counting, it's machines, there's no reason to stop. And then they start up again after the holiday. And so they get a spike because they're counting events that happened over the holiday. So with that spike, the media claim, oh, look, you infected grandma because you went to see her over Thanksgiving. Just to let you know, that conversation I had with Naomi Wolf actually lasted much longer. She had a lot to say. You may agree, you may disagree, but if you want to hear the entire conversation, be sure to look up the podcast version of that discussion, and you can find that through American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson on Facebook or at AVP Radio Show on Twitter. All right, just ahead, there are a new set of scams going around, and if you are involved with a student loan in any way, shape, or form, this is information that could save you a lot of money. We'll get to it just ahead right here on American Viewpoints.